Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. How are you going to attract the strongest talent to your company when people have no idea who you are? The truth is, you're not. So passive talent and those who are not on the open job market will just ignore you because you're just another Me Too company. So this is why we have to rely on I know somebody as a hiring method and uh, referrals are usually the best source for talent when that happens. What if you can gain awareness before you reach out to someone and attract that person that your company really needs? Well, today we're talking all about how to pipeline talent when you don't have a talent brand. Today's quote, brand is just a perception and perception will match reality over time. Sometimes it will be ahead, other times it will be behind, but brand is simply a collective impression some have about a product. Any idea who said that, Mr. Uh, Jack Copeland? I believe it was Elon Musk, wasn't it? You are spot on. With his uh, sexy cars. <laughs> spot on. And I'm Rick Gerard. Welcome to the Hiring Power Radio Show. Our mission is to help entrepreneurs and hiring managers avoid costly hiring mistakes. We do this by identifying a specific problem and providing a proven solution to help your company win the right hire. We share insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Mr. Jack Copeland. Jack is the founder and CEO of Staffing Future, a website development and technology stack consultancy with expertise in building, developing, and managing technology solutions. The team has built over 600 staffing agency websites. Wow, you guys are busy. And uh, deployed innovative technology solutions with multiple third-party apps to create a holistic sum of their parts. Jack has worked and consulted with dozens of recruiting software providers who are inclined to augment and develop the industry. They include top organizations like CareerBuilder, Tracker RMS, which makes Jack the perfect guest for today's topic. Jack, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thank you very much. Pleased to be here. Yeah, happy to have you. So we're going to cover a few things today. We're going to talk about talent brand, what it is and why it's important. And then we're going to provide a framework that we can give to our audience, uh, help an entrepreneur put something in place to be able to attract the right people. Absolutely. Now, first off, I'm going to start out with saying I think talent branding is kind of a hot buzzword and kind of a bit of bullshit, <laughs> but let's go for it. Let's talk a little bit about it. So why is talent brand important? Well, I think I think it's a medium amount of bullshit, but I think it's quite important because if you're, if you're looking to hire in any market, you need to tell people what it's like to work for you. And it's really important that what it's like to work from you comes from your staff rather than just from the leadership of your business. Nine times out of 10, the leadership is totally Disin like their idea of what the environment is is totally different than what the people who are working in a company. Think. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, technically, and and I was sort of diving into this a little bit further today as well. You, you've got like an employer brand as well as an talent brand, and people get the two overlapped a lot. I mean, obviously they're very, okay, so very the similar. Difference? Well, the difference is is that an employer brand is really what the management thinks it's like to work there. I would say, <laughs> or what they want to portray. It's their sales pitch. It's their ideal culture. It's their ideal. Yeah, if they've even thought about so it. So it's which the words like, they put on the wall that really aren't what the culture is. Oh, Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we care about our employees. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and then do nothing to 
to portray that. And then talent brand is is about what the staff feel about the place and what it's like to actually work there. And it's a message coming from them. So the employer brand is bullshit and the talent brand is actually not. Pretty much, yeah. I would say so, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, but the thing is, is that there's a lot of overlap there. And I think what we're talking today, for most companies that aren't giant blue ship organizations, they're really going to be one in the same, right? You're not going to have a completely separate section to talk about your message versus your staff's message. It's going to be kind of blended into your into your pitch. Who should be writing that messaging then? The well, staff. Well, yeah, I think I think as a business, you just need to have a strategy around it. So you need to understand what it's like what you want it to be like to work out your organization. And then you need to try and put the steps in place to make sure that your actual systems align with that. You know, what it's like hiring people, what it's like for people to work there, how you develop them. And then you need to, once you've had success with that, give the staff a platform to tell people about yeah, it. Yeah, especially in the beginning, you need to be doing this, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it depends on the type of business and the size of business. But I think, yeah, if you if you can take a, a step early on in your journey and go, this is the kind of company, like with my company, I, we're very small, but I've always had a real passion about what I want it to be like to work for staff in future. If you can take that on day one, then the whole ethos of your business and the way you deal with people can all become one thing, if that makes sense. But it has to come from you. It has to be who you are, right? You can't say that, hey, you know, we're going to be a super collaborative work environment when you're a person who works in the corner and you, you're an introverted person and you don't want to be bothered when you're working. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the three things need to align. Like you need to, you need to think about the kind of staff that you want, right? And what's important to them. Do those align with you so that you understand that? Mm -hmm. And then you need to make sure that that message does resonate with your culture and your environment and how you feel about things, right? Like if you're always looking to just hire the best people and you're not looking to develop talent internally, then obviously you can't go and make a, a brand about how it's great. You can move up the ladder here if that's never actually happened and you don't have any of the systems in place to do internal training or to develop staff, basically. Why is this a problem? A lot of companies don't even, they're not aware of talent brand, right? Yeah. They're I just thinking, hey, I've got I, I've got work that needs to get done. So how do I do it? Well, I think I think in, in this market, what we tend to find is people try and have that conversation when people walk through the door. So they, they maybe have a feeling of like, oh, this is what it's like to work here. So we'll get Rick in and I'll tell him how great it is to work here. And then maybe he'll meet with some other people that work here and they'll tell him how great it is to work. Yeah, work hopefully here. they tell him the same thing, <laughs> confirm it. Well, I think that's part of the problem. There's is, a lot of hope. In oh, this yeah. <laughs> and hopefully he'll accept our offer. Yeah, fingers crossed. And it's yeah. all perception, right? So people are sometimes telling the different story, which is a challenge, right? If the CEO goes, oh, this is what it's like to work here. This is who we are as a business. And then mid-management and other staff come in and they conduct the interview as well and they give different message. I mean, that's a bit of a red flag. But the, it's a the, huge red flag. Is it? Well, it's a huge red flag. Yeah. And, and I think a big part of the challenge is even although that's not an ideal strategy, if it even is a strategy, right? It's only for people that you get to talk to. So if you think about your main business, right? Most businesses are in the ethos of selling something. It's all well and good to have a really polished sales pitch. But the whole reason you have a marketing department is because you have a message to people before they get to the sales pitch. They spend a lot of time on the product, not so much the talent brand. Absolutely. And I think that's a big mistake for a lot of organizations. Even if they have an internal recruiting department, they don't involve marketing and the strategy. They don't think about it at sea level. It's just sort of forgotten about. And it's like, oh, well, when they get in the interview room, then we'll talk about what a great place it is to work. But what about all the people that don't make it to the interview room, that don't return your call, that look at your website and are like, nah, I'm good, thanks. And increasingly in this market, there's... And there's a lot of that. Well, there's a it's, huge amount Especially of it. in this market. Yeah. You've got a lot of passive talent that they are very much sought after. They're getting five, six calls a day. So they're going to do research on you and they're going to decide if they want to talk to you. And if you haven't got a vehicle to tell them why they should talk to you, then of course, they're not going to... It's just like a lead, right? In any sales process, they're not going to submit. They're not going to call back. They're not going to engage. They're going to sign with someone else. Yeah. Well, especially if you're doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. 
So if you're making the same call as Amazon, right? You don't yep. have brand recognition. <laughs> if Amazon calls you up, you're going to say, okay, I'll hear you out. Yep. But I'm uh, I'm Johnny from PDQ Corporation. <laughs> Got love we PDQ. Make, we, we make widgets. We make widgets. <laughs> Whoa, Freddie slipped there. Yeah. Um, we make widgets. And so um, you've got nothing. You really have yeah. And your company might be special. But the fact is, there's nothing setting you aside from anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you do have to look internally and go, is there anything that sets us aside from anyone else? Have we have we done anything to retain our staff, to make sure they have a happy working environment or, or that the working environment aligns with what we, we want it to be and what our message is and to put that in place like that's probably step one is it's, it's you know it's like it's like selling your product on features that you don't really have and don't really add value it, it doesn't last very long you have to really try and put that in place as, as the initial step are you selling a product or a solution yeah solution is going to be a lot more valuable that's what the recruiting game is i mean when you're trying to hire people too, treat it as you're trying to sell the product i have a job here's a shiny paycheck come do it yeah absolutely and that's it they know when i'm dealing with a recruiter that recruiter does have a vested interest, right? Generally, it's at the yeah, very you least. Get paid if you yeah. need the job. But even in internal recruiters that maybe don't get paid or they get bonused out, fundamentally, it's their job. It's their job to persuade you to go and work there. So immediately, my guard is up, right? I'm walking into the car showroom yeah. and the person is trying to sell me a car. So how much do I believe what they're saying? How much of a pinch of salt do I take? Whereas if I'm doing research on the car in advance, and I, it's probably a really weird analogy, but you know, I'm, I'm then reading reviews from other people. I'm talking to people that have bought that car. That's going to be way more validating than what the car salesman's got to say. 100%. And I think that's why we have still so much job dissatisfaction right now is because people were talked into taking jobs that they weren't really in alignment with where they're looking to go in their career. And and turnover. I mean, you think yeah. about how much how much money these days people are investing in recruiting. For people that don't, don't live and breathe it, you know, there's a lot of money that's spent on the hiring process, whether it's advertising, whether it's the lost time of not having those staff in place, whether it's the time that you're investing in interviewing. I know businesses where it's crippling them right as they're trying to hire right now and yet that because they don't have a good sort of talent brand not able to convert these people but they're not able to retain them like it's a big reason you have a huge amount of churn in your business is because people are, are being missold or they're not being missold but they kind of join there as a stopgap they got no real loyalty to the organization no one at the organization have thought about whether they're important or not so of course they're going to take another job for either more money or for someone that aligns with their values and what they want that's so true so what we have is a reactive process. Mm -hmm. It's reactive on both fronts. Yep. Usually the people that are switching are switching for some reason. They're trying to get out of something that's bad yep. into something that they think it might be better or just might be more money. I mean, it's really alluring to go, hey, we'll pay you a bunch more money. Come here and do what you're doing now. A lot of candidates will do that until something better comes along. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at as people on the other side of the industry, both me and you have a background on the staffing side, right? The famous one is the counter offer. So it's like, and, and every single time you say, well, if someone's counter offering you, why is it taken this much to do it? You know, it's like you're in the middle of a bad breakup and someone's like, oh, I'll change. It's like, well, why didn't you, why didn't you take time to meet my needs in the meantime? So I think that's a big part of it as well. Is why leave it? to the last minute and that can be a big red flag for you internally if you're if you're worried about your culture is how often are people trying to leave and you're having to reactively try and persuade them to stay and what have you done in advance to try and keep your internal staff happy the problem here is one a reactive process yep we need to pro proactivity we need to think about these things up front first yeah how does that relate to the talent brand how do we correlate the two just so that our audience can think about okay i've got to start thinking about this prior to me getting to a point where i'm starting to hire i mean this should be thought about way 
before you start hiring people. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a difficult one, right? But I think it's just honesty throughout the process, right? So if you're honest with yourself about what your company is and what you do and how you want to grow that business, and you're honest with yourself about the kind of staff that you want and the kind of staff that you don't want, then you should be in a position where you can then start to be honest about what those people are going to need to stick around and what you're going to need to attract that talent. And then just keep it consistent. I think the biggest issue is when people think they're something, but then they're they're really not that thing and they're not honest with themselves about it. Or when they want to go out and they go, okay, the main purpose of this business is ruthless profiteering. We're going to make as much money as possible, as quickly as possible. We're going to hire all the best people. But the message that we're going to send is actually completely different. It's about, this is a wonderful place to work and we care about our staff and we want to develop them. But yeah, your messaging in that case should be, we don't give a shit about you. We're a bunch of of dickheads and we just want you to come join us, right? We pay really well. Come here if you want to make a lot of money. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Plenty of large tech companies don't really care that much about their employees. If they can upgrade, they will. It's like the NFL. Totally. If we can find someone better, we will. And that's who we are. So come here and be the best and earn the best. But this is, yeah, right. Large companies, it doesn't matter as much. Small companies, it's crucial to your business growth. Yeah. If you switch the positioning to be what's in it for them, other than what's in it for you. Totally. As as a leader, you're going to have a much more effective outcome. You're not going to have to have all this worry that you're putting up. Yeah. And I think it's just also sometimes business leaders can forget or they never know what it's like to not be the leader of the business, right? Like, I think that's something that people trip up over all the time. They think that everyone is invested in it as much as they are and cares about it as much as they do. And the reality is some people have other priorities, you know? That's not what's in it for me. No, for most of the people, it's just a J-O-B. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. All right. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm Rick Gerard, your host. And for our podcast, listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Find out how healing a person's pain points attracts amazing people to your company. Check out our passive talent webinar at stridesearch.com. Our guest today is Jack Copeland. Jack is the founder and CEO of Future Staffing. We're talking about talent brand. We just talked a little bit about what it is and why it's important. Now we're going to get into how we fix it. What steps should we be putting in place in order to really cultivate a more proactive talent brand than a reactive talent brand? Yeah, absolutely. I think once you've really thought about it and you've thought about what your message is, you then want to maybe take steps to make that consistent internally, make sure everyone aligns with it, and then actually put some things in place to represent that. We're coming back to the whole honesty thing. So, you know, if you want to be a place that has a great culture, what are you doing to develop that culture? And it's funny, like me and you have joked in the past around the whole idea of dogs in the office and and ping pong tables and things like that. But I was thinking... That's not culture, by the way. Those are perks. that's That's not culture. And I agree with you massively around those are perks and they're not a reason that people stay in a job. But having worked for an organization that was famed for its culture, we did a lot of stuff that you might think of as perks, right? We had summer parties, we had little Xbox competitions, as well as Christmas parties, we had food trucks coming in. Those are perks. But the difference was, was that the reason I got on really well with all the people that I worked with was because I was socializing with them while I was at work. I was hanging out with them, I was building relationships with And a lot of talent and, and a lot of people stuck around because they loved working there because of the people. And I think if you can put people in the right environment to get to know each other and to build those relationships, you definitely do have a better working environment and more reasons to stick around. People quit their companies. They're not really quitting the company. They're quitting the boss. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, 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 and it's Being not a manager. It's yeah. It's not just that as well. Like it, it does take more than I saw a great, a uh, great meme the other day that was saying something like, uh, you know, Oh, what do you want out of your work life? And it was millennial responded. I just want to develop my career and feel valued and be well compensated for my time. And you know, the boss is like, no, no, you want dogs in the office. That's what you want. But <laughs> it takes a little bit <laughs> more than just than just turning around and, and building a good culture. It's also about showing that you value your employees if you want them to stick around. You value what's important to them. All right. So let's talk a little bit about messaging. So how do we message correctly? 
directly to get somebody to lean in or be aware or be interested in your company? I think the first thing is you need to have a bit of a, a vehicle for that messaging. So I think as obvious as it seems, I would make sure that you have a space on your website that talks about what it's like to work for your organization and your culture. And I would make sure that that space is employee-led wherever possible. Things like employee videos, good content, a little bit about the employer brand and sort of who you're looking to hire and what it's like working at life at this organization. And then I think it's really about when you're trying to portray that message, just trying to make sure that it lines with two or three things that you guys are about as an organization. And understanding what those are in advance is obviously pretty crucial. <laughs> you're optimizing your website to make sure you're getting the content out. The messaging around who you are, that's really important. Make sure that you're truthful about it. And you brought up a good point earlier. Have your marketing write it. Have the people who work for your company do that. But if you're small, if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to figure this out, how do you create a brand? Yeah. So, I mean, I think you need to ask that question of like, what would, where would you want to work? <laughs> you know, why would you want to work here if you didn't, if you didn't have the money? And then, you know, it's very difficult, I guess, when you're small, when you're really small to create that brand. And I think at that level, it definitely becomes more about the people. I don't think if you've got five staff, you're ever in a position where you're going to be able to create an employer brand. It's going to be about those five individuals. So what point do you create an employer brand? I mean, I would say probably 20 people is, okay. is about as early as you would start thinking about Because at five people, it's about, okay, before we hire someone, we need to try and socialize with them to figure out whether we get on with them or not. Like in many ways, that's it. If you're just completely different people, it's really hard to work an environment that's that small yeah. where you don't have the same sort of attitude, I think. I tend to not agree with that so much. I mean, yeah, you definitely want to be able to have that person who socializes, but you also want diversity because diversity actually springs on innovation. And you want to make sure that you're hiring the best person. So you want to make sure that you have an interview process. Mm -hmm that's designed to give you the answers that you need to make sure that person's going to be able to be successful in that role. And yeah, and I think you're right. And I don't mean socially, like as in, oh, I would, you know, I really want to go and drink beers with this person. <laughs> but I think you need to get them, get to know them a little bit just sure. to see how you're going, because you're going to be living with them, right? I mean, if you've got five staff, that's like family, right? That's the same, it's the same number of people in a lot of, a lot of immediate families with, that live in a house together. It's actually so, two more than mine. Yeah, you're you're going <laughs> to grate on each other a little bit. You're going to be a very enclosed working space. You're going to be dealing with each other every single day. True. So you just need to know what they're like. Like if you've got a, a group of people that are very, very creative and thought, like, you know, thoughtful, and then you bring in someone that's super intense, like sometimes that can develop your organization and add value. But if it's not thought outright, that can cause problems, right? Sometimes you want someone that can herd the, herd the creative minds, but then other times you're going to get people where it just causes a lot of friction in that environment. And then that leads to staff turnover in a small business. But you also want to make sure that you're aware of and careful of creating like a bro environment where everybody's the same carbon copy of everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any value in, in hiring lots of exactly the same people, no. really. You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> you need that diversity, but you just maybe need people that are able to communicate in an effective way with each other and develop each other. So, and you don't, you don't always get that. Let's outline for our audience three practical things that they can do and, and how to do it. Okay. okay right. Perfect. So what would be the number one thing they can do plug in their business? So I think the, the first thing they can do is, is sit down with their marketing department, sit down with maybe a couple of key leaders in their business. And that doesn't necessarily need to be leaders at manager level, but maybe people that have stuck around a long time, been there since day one, and start to have a conversation about what it's like to work here and what do we want it to be like to work here. And to jot down some ideas and try and develop that out. And then if you are large enough that you already have that, then maybe try and expand that out across your existing talent. The second thing that you can do is provide that vehicle for engagement. 
you're going to want to create that section of your website. You're going to want to make sure that some of your content that's going out socially is talking about your business and what it's like to work there. And then the third thing that I would probably do is I would get truly proactive. So one of the things that we haven't talked about that I'm a big believer in is if you are a C-level within, you know, let's say a 50, 50 employee business or a hundred employee business, and you're making 12, 20, 30 hires a year, there's typically a, a finite amount of resources that are available to you. So, okay, I'm hiring customer services in LA. That's probably not the case. But if I'm in the war for talent for Python developers in Portland, Oregon, I'm going to be in a position where there's only so many Python developers in Portland, Oregon. What am I doing to proactively engage with them so that my organization PDQ that no one's ever heard of, instead of me just going, hey, come in for an interview with this company you've never heard of, I'm going, hey, this is the organization that we have. We hire Python developers. I'm one of the leaders here. I want to connect with you. My door's always open. If you have questions, come and engage with us. Maybe you'd like to follow our page. You're the kind of person that we would like to maybe work with within the future. I think that can be a really interesting methodology of pipelining some it talent. Can, it can if it comes from like the manager, mm -hmm. for sure. If it's reach out from the recruiters, it's on deaf ears a lot of times. Yeah. But also that messaging, let's talk about the messaging because to me, it sounds like you're making it all about you. Okay, we could definitely use you in the future. Let's develop a relationship. Do people really react that well to that? I don't think that you get that great of a response anymore. I think if you really are just looking to hire them, I think that's part of the problem is that you're, you're going to them going, I have a problem right now. I need to hire someone. Why don't you come and talk to me? Whereas yeah, if you're, you're being, being a, sneaky yeah. about trying to get, well, you know, hey, do you know anybody, right? Yeah. I'm not I, trying to recruit you. And that's the approach that's that I exactly, wouldn't take. Yeah, right? but that's exactly <laughs> what you're trying to do. I think, And I, people see through that bullshit all the time. Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, if I'm the C-level of a, if I'm a CEO of a hundred person organization and I'm going connecting with some people and saying, hey, we're one of the organizations organizations in the area that builds their platform on Python. We work with lots of Python developers. My door's always open if you're ever looking for an opportunity, but also I'd like to connect with you to learn about the industry. And here's some content we're pushing out that maybe is adding value to you. And they're doing that in a truly honest way. I think people do respond well to that. I think, you know, if you're then going to follow up three days later, with, would you like to come in for an interview? I don't think that's going to work very well. But what we're talking about is trying to pipeline that talent before you're going to hire. So there, there yeah. is no vested interest. You really are probably not going to communicate with them directly unless they come back to you for three months, six months, you are asking them to engage with the page, or maybe you even just go honestly and say, hey, I have a question for you. What's important to you about working for a company? You know, this is something that we're trying to figure out as an organization. That way you're learning and also you're, you're sending a really positive message to that person. Yeah. And the idea is when you need to contact that person, you want that person to already know who you are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right. that's it. How else does a 50 employee company get their brand out there? Typically a 50 employee company, not always, but you know, I'm going to be fairly niche. So I'm not trying to compete with Amazon or IBM. I'm trying to compete in my niche. So I'm being proactive to that niche. And, and the same thing applies to talent. You're not going to try and have an employer brand or a talent brand that competes with Amazon. You're going to go, right, we, we hire Python developers in Portland. So we're going to try and proactively engage with Python developers in Portland. But yet every Everybody tries to follow the same practices as Amazon or Google. Like if you go to conferences and you hear T, you go to, you go to recruiting conferences, right? Yeah. Usually the most packed room is the person from Google or Facebook or one of the bigger, and, and yeah. they're all, they all want to know what they're doing, right? But that's not going to work for you. And they'll tell you exactly what they're doing because of the fact that like you do it, they're going to beat you at it. So because yeah. they're that much better. <laughs> yeah. So I'll teach you exactly how I do it because I know that if I come up against you, I'm going to beat you. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I mean, the class classic example on, on the Amazon front is if you think about Amazon, a, a big part of their success is how easy they make it to buy something, right? Like yeah. you can literally buy something with one click these days. And if you look at something like ZipRecruiter, part of their success, not that you know some people aren't fans of them, but is how easy they make it to, to apply to jobs. Well, if you go to Amazon, you try and apply for a 
job, it's like a solid 28 minute long process. If you're a PDQ company and you're, you're insisting, oh, anyone that comes to apply for us, whether they're, even if we reach out to them, we need them to fill out a form, an onboarding form, a formal application before we interview them. And we're going to make it 28 minutes long. You know, you're going to lose everyone. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to piece out of that one all day long. I think it's really important that you make your messaging about the person you're trying to recruit. How do you solve a problem that they might have? And if you know that job dissatisfaction is at an all-time high, and it's usually because of one of three things, is leadership, content of the work, or an ability to grow in your role, why not craft your messaging around those those three things? Yeah. Tell me how you're going to develop me as an individual. And, and that can start at the beginning with, this is, uh, and unfortunately, it, it is at this point very us, right? It's very, very hard for marketing to talk about you when they don't know you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you, No, but you know the three problems, right? right. And maybe you craft your messaging to solve one of those three problems or all so three of them, then you're touching somebody in a different way. Yeah. That's how I get a really high response rate on my messaging. Yeah. <laughs> <A little laughs> I just up. gave you my tip of the day. <laughs> but I mean, that's it. So at the beginning of the process, you were talking about this is how we as an organization develop people, right? Yeah. So you're showing this is a problem I would solve for you, but you're not going, hey, Rick, this is what I would, this is how I would career path your journey. No, this I'm is how s- I develop you, Rick. This is how we, this is the platform that we have for our staff. And then when you're actually dealing with those individuals, that's when it becomes more personal and and more about them. All right. So we're getting uh, close on time here. So what would be two or three key takeaways that you can give the audience that can plug into their business today? The first one we already talked about, it would be honesty, right? Just be honest about what you want, who you want, who who you don't want, who you are. Be honest about whether you're doing things to ensure that that those people are uh, practicing what you preach. And then probably the second one was, you know, try and have some sort of proactive element. And, you know, okay, something on your website seems reactive. Start but it's, planning for it's, it. Yeah. It's, Just it's, plan. It for... is proactive because you're saying, hey, I'm going to give people that I don't know a vehicle to engage before they walk in through the front door. Think about everything before you get to talk to those people, what it looks like, what message you're sending. 100%. And you know what I see? Way too many companies, they'll put all kinds of thought into the product. But once they get into, oh, we got the money, now we need to hire, it's just, let's go. Yeah. There's very little planning that goes into that. Yeah, absolutely. Man, we're just about out of time for today's show, Jack. Thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way for members of our community to reach you and uh, maybe engage you? So, uh, you know, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, obviously. Um, You can see more about what we do on staffingfuture.com. And uh, yeah, feel free to reach out anytime. Just give us a call. And you guys work with recruiting firms, right? We work almost entirely with recruiting and staffing firms. We do a little bit on the corporate side, but to be honest, the market's so huge. We like to kind of play in our space. But my background over the last 15 years has been in both. So I love them. I love all of it. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, I want to thank our listening audience for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea (laughs) Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Ailey Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We're listening and we welcome your feedback. After all, this show is for you. Join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or drop me an email at rick at stridesearch.com to learn about our passive talent webinars and workshops. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Matt Spooner. Matt is the fractional chief business development officer for GigX. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio. 